All right, welcome back to the Modern Man Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hill Kathuria. Today we have a really special episode. This is the first time I'm having a guest on the podcast. This dude, he's my good friend from university. We're both young guys, and I'm really excited to delve into some super cool topics, essentially just exploring both of our backgrounds, where we can relate and our journey to success when it comes to school, fitness, and business as we graduate and move on to the real world. So, Corgan, can you please introduce yourself? Wow, thank you. That was a, a much better intro than even I was expecting from you. You're very well spoken, and that that exceeded my expectations. Certainly, appreciate um, it. Thank you for having me on your your first guest episode. I'm very, very honored and humbled. Can't wait to see the millions of views and how famous we get off of this episode. <laughs> uh, that's how that works as uh, modern men. But yeah, um, of course. Background on me: I, I go to school with you, major in economics and minor in business. I grew up in the Dallas area, suburbs of Dallas, all of my life, and uh, now I'm at SMU with you. How did you get to where you are today? How did I get here? Ah, uh, grinding. It's just that's just how it is. It seems like whatever the the world wants, I take it and. I don't want that and I have to just kind of bend it to my will in order to make anything happen in the, the light that I want it to happen for myself. So it's, it's pretty exhausting, but uh, you know, you get used to it. After a while, uh, I ran tra- track and cross country for you know, six years and so you get used to an everyday grind of waking up, not wanting to do it, running it, feeling better afterwards taking years to finally reach a goal so that that really helps me on like setting long-term goals and and growth for the long term not just like quick little fire things okay what kind of adversity has the world thrown at you because it seems out of that answer you've gone through a lot of stuff and then how has track and cross country really taught you to deal with hard things because you mentioned that you had to wake up every morning and grind and it taught you to just do it even when you didn't like it, which is super cool. I think that's a value and a habit that everyone should be able to do. So how did track and cross country really teach you to become a hard worker? And what kind of adversity has the world thrown at you? Where have you you used those same habits to tackle it? Well, honestly, I don't think I've had a, a very hard life. Uh, I've been fortunate to have been set up pretty well, um, and I, I didn't definitely didn't grow up without anything, and so uh, that was nice. But in terms of adversity, I would just say lack of preparement when it came to the college route, um, which just kind of comes as like a distance from the the family, and then cross country itself. It's my being a late bloomer. Man, a freshman year, like 4'11", 90 pounds, so I was just not moving as fast as any of my peers who had obviously, by then, you know, the, the girls are, whatever their, their max height's going to be, they're about as, as developed as they're going to be. They're as well. already moving at peak performance. Right, the guys have their, well, yeah, exactly, the, the younger the girl, once it's like middle school, high uh, freshman year, sophomore year, that's when the girls are typically the fastest, they 
will decline junior and senior year as you know maybe they they gain weight at the the higher section or lower section that's how it usually goes um but then for me you know my friends had whatever it was body hair bigger muscles all that and i just was like completely hairless legs uh high-pitched voice all that good stuff and then you know i'm, I'm obviously competing on a, an even playing field in that it's just a stopwatch it doesn't lie you're running the same distance you're going through the same thing it's just how you deal with it so uh, that's another thing i really like about tr- uh, cross country and track it, it forces you to be extremely honest with yourself like maybe you can say there are some variables but at the end of the day you ran what you ran you beat who you beat and you got beat by who you got beat and so it teaches you to really be humble after a while because being beat down for four years <laughs> that that kind of uh, eases you into it so do you feel like that failure you experienced prepared you for yeah yeah because that's uh, sorry to cut you off but I figured I knew where that was going I'm just I'm very used to failing yeah um I'm not used to failing and achieving a goal, but I'm used to failing the whole way there and it taking forever. And whatever it is I'm going for, I know it's never, for me at least, it's never just like straight line. It's always bends, turns, curves, things I wasn't expecting, um, constantly things going wrong. And so I think cross country and track definitely helped that, but also life itself was uh, prepping me for, I guess, itself. Yeah. Oops. Going off on that, I think that's really interesting how you immediately knew where I was going. It was like, yes, because I feel like failure can almost be one of life's like greatest teachers. It is. You know, whether it's an injury in the gym and it teaches me how to understand my body more. Right. Or it's a failure in the classroom and I'm like, okay, fuck, I need to prepare for that test in a different way. Whether it's a failure where I went up and talked to that girl and she straight up denied me. Yeah. Lack of failure proposes fear. Without failure, you're constantly afraid of failure. So you're, you, you freeze up. Yeah, um, and I still experience that today. Um, whether it's you know, typically I'll find it to be a, a class. Maybe I'm not enjoying in in the terms of I'm not doing well. I enjoy classes I do well in. I, I like to you know be in the upper echelon, hopefully. Um, but whenever I'm struggling in a class, I find that I want to study less for it, and which is ironic because that's the one I need to study more for. But it's just that that freezing of. I'm already failing. I don't want to do this because what if I try and fail that I'm not good enough, that kind of thing. But you know, obviously it needs to work the opposite. So if you're able to, to become used to failing, then that eliminates that issue. Yeah. It, it almost makes sense that something like becoming used to failing, that is so important to our development. You know, it feels like you know, we should be taught how to fail. From a young age, you know. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. And the school the grades and, and something like that. Or? I don't. I don't know. Just the way I feel is that, and this is the way I grew up, is going. I went to a private school, and everyone was given a participation trophy. And I mean, was our like generation, everyone, everyone got it. it didn't even yeah, matter if it was. Everyone's private. a friggin' winner. Yeah. Um. But you can't fail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my friend failed uh, world history AP, and 
he didn't even have to retake it. He, they called it because of COVID, but that wasn't the case because it was two years later that we graduated. Yeah. He never had to retake it. So, yeah. You know, lucky for him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's definitely crazy. Um, I can say... But that's just school districts covering their ass and the state covering their ass, too. That's, that's what it is because it's going to reflect poorly on, on the institution itself. So... Yeah, and then you know, how do you stop that though? I'm sure our school does similar things. All schools, I'm sure, do. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you don't look so well. Yeah. So, let's let's take a step back, thinking about sports in general. So, did you did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I played soccer for eight years, nine years. Uh, a lot of my extended family, I have a really, really huge family, Catholic okay. family, so our our gatherings are for Thanksgiving around 70 people okay. max. Yeah, wow. so it gets, it gets popping, and we have huge soccer games. Um, they're all really, really skilled, so <laughs> those are fun. But yeah, I grew up on soccer, and then that kind of easily translates to cross-country and track. Um, I did pretty well for middle school. Uh, and that's kind of what made me want to continue it into high school. Okay. Where I never really did well. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that, you like to win, but then I, I was originally going to quit after my freshman semester uh, mm-hmm. of cross country, but I just liked the team and the guys so much and the chemistry. Uh, the sport itself, I, I didn't really like. Yeah. I, I, I'm not someone who honestly really likes the process. I still do the process, but I don't particularly enjoy it like getting up going for a long run or you know some of the workouts can be exciting with the right people but generally no I just I'll take just the competition part just the the competing on the line yeah that's it (laughs) so that team aspect really drove you to prepare a lot more yeah and that's that's an issue I'm having now is just you know in college here at SMU I don't have that team or I don't have that group and so I, I find it difficult to to motivate myself and also just to be engaged and interested in what's going on uh-huh. and you know, camaraderie is really important to me I think having a good team is everything yeah I, I, if I take a good team or a good group of friends in you know the worst university over being at Harvard all completely alone and never interacting with anyone right so because I mean you said before like it was that team and it was the competition would drove you right and for me I'm a very very competitive person Mm -hmm. like competition drives me when it comes to the classroom I want to beat everyone you know I I want to be better than that per than the person next to me I want them to do amazing but I also want to beat them too yeah I understand that so you have the more respectful approach definitely Um, I find it like I have to battle with myself and like remind myself that I want the others to do well as well right and that I just want to do better not that I want to do better and them to have a marginal gap where I'm much better right uh, there's there's just no need for that but that that I'm still working on that it just comes after years of kind of a more sharp-edged yeah view. but does um, it is it even a bad a bad point of view like is that emotionally harmful I mean because I think I think so. As long as competition is driving you to do better, what what is the harm? I mean, I, well, it seems like you have some ideas. It, it depends on like 
where your priorities lay. If you're all about yourself, then of course that's the best option. Yeah. But for instance, if me, you, and Johnny were studying for the finance exam last time, if we'd both, or if, if any of us had just worked to misinform another person, I guess it'd yeah. mainly work for you and Johnny because you're in the same class. Yeah, that, that class is graded based on how everyone scores. Right. So technically, you'd be helping yourself, but there's no, there's just really no need for disservicing someone close to you. Yeah. It just doesn't help that much. It's not so worth it. I think the way I would think of it in that same situation, me being competitive, is a teacher learns twice in the way that you learn it once the first time when you learn the content and then you learn it again when you teach it to someone else. You gain a right, deeper understanding. Okay. So for my competitiveness, no, reinforcing my teaching capabilities by explaining it to our friend, ah, now it, makes, I see. it makes me better. We were just used <laughs> just props to, to increase Nikhil's intelligence in the, the classroom and financial capabilities. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be a tool. That's fine. Yeah. No, because I, I genuinely want to see my friends do well. That camaraderie to me is huge. It's really important. And, you know, we're tribal. We're, we're tribal beings. And we, we have our group. And part of something that's so intrinsic to me is I want to help my tribe. I want my tribe to do well. It's that same like hunter-gatherer mindset. Like I have to go get the meat so that everyone can eat, right? Okay. Like I'm still gonna get the juiciest cut, <laughs> but all my boys are gonna eat too. Okay. Uh, so it's that like that mindset. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's cool, man. I I really really think that you know having a good set of friends and. You know, being able to work with those people to just go out and conquer the world, especially at this age, man. Our twenties are can be so lonely. You know, the twenties can be a lonely freaking time. I feel like both you and I can relate to this because we essentially live in apartments where we don't have a roommate. You know. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it's just. Uh it's hard to, to expand the network in a, in a place like this, especially coming in as a transfer, you know, two years later, I didn't have the dorm experience, which I feel like is the most important. I think we've discussed that before. Um, and just living in close proximity with everyone, that's obviously going to build a lot more relationships. Whereas coming in two years completely isolated, I find it, you know, much, much more difficult to gain any friends, really. Yeah. So... Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. What what strategies have you used to try and get friends? If you have, or it's just been like talking to people. No strategies. Um, yeah, it's really just interaction. I I don't know. I tend to flip between being sociable and not sociable. Weirdly enough, I feel like this school makes me less sociable. I feel more tense. Uh, whereas in other spaces or other universities, I'll just... I like to just walk up to people and say random things. I do it with our tour guides here, actually. Okay. It's funny. I think the last, like, three times I've seen them. I was with some friends last time. Uh, tour guide was walking by, and I, I just whispered to someone walking by, and I'm just like, oh, or paid actors, or, yeah. or just something, you know, something funny like that. So yeah. I, I find the those little interactions to be fun, but to take it beyond that interaction is a little more difficult in, like, the classroom because so many people are so set in stone. They have their friend group. 
and that's a lot of fun. They don't really need anyone else, so why would they look for anyone else? And okay. also, the, the people who maybe aren't in a friend group, well, you, then you ask yourself, well, why aren't they? There's probably a good reason. Uh-huh. And maybe there is a good reason for, for no friend group for me, but, you know, I yeah. guess I'll, I'll learn that through time, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, you know, people being set in stone with their friend groups, but is there any other reason why you think this, the school that we attend limits your, your social butterflyness <laughs> in a way? Yeah, you know? I think you know, part of the reason is the, one of the driving forces that, that made me want to come here is that it's, a lot of the people have grown up a lot differently than I have. Um, like I said, I didn't grow grow up uh, not well off, but SMU is known to have you know some of the, the wealthiest people. So I wanted to put myself in an environment, a new environment, where I had no exposure to that. Especially because in the future I'd want to work in finance, and a lot of people are are coming from wealthier, higher incomes backgrounds. Um, so that part of that was me wanting to be exposed to it, but that's also what kind of alienates it is that people obviously can afford to do Greek life. Um, Greek life takes up like 43% of the population of the school. So that's definitely a large, a significant portion, uh, really, really high. And a lot of those people I think I would be friends with in a normal setting if I got to know them like freshman year. Um, but I don't really have the chance to kind of break into that, that, that barrier of, of you know, what, what Greek life is. And that's okay. I don't, I don't mind that because I'm not much of a partier. Like I'll go out like a couple times a month, but aside from that, I kind of like to do really, really well in school. Yeah, I mean that's important. Doing it's important to me. I just like to win. Yeah, I hate. Well, I, I hate to lose more than I like to win. Nice. <laughs> that was good. Uh, it it is really huge because at the end of the day, you're in college for four years, and we're not here to, to get a degree in drinking or partying or clubbing and not to say that we're not you're not building good social skills while you're out doing those things because you are building you are refining your social skills in a different environment but is that yielding the most return at the end of the day I don't know it depends on where you are this I mean this school is very very polarizing you feel like it's two groups you have people who are on high scholarships and are extremely smart and just here to grind, and then you have people who are here to do the SMU thing, have friends, uh, have Greek life, you know, go to parties, meet a lot of people, make great connections through it, and uh, you know, continue from there. Which yeah. I think that's also a lot of fun, and if you can do that, that seems really cool. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just not an option um, for for some people. Mainly for for transfers, it doesn't even matter what the wealth level is. It's I feel like transfer is just that two-year gap. Can't really join that late. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some barriers, and I feel you on that. It's definitely part of my experience as well. Uh, I didn't transfer here, but I did take two years off right. where it was essentially a hard reset where I came here for my freshman year, started to build some relationships. That year got cut because of COVID, and I took two years off, and just really went off on my own, experienced the real world and got a taste of what freedom can be. Maybe not experiencing true financial freedom, freedom, but feeling freedom in what I was doing 
having that pure enjoyment every day that, hey, you know, I'm waking up and I'm actually going to a mountain and I'm going to go ski every day. I mean, that was my existence. Um, yeah, I don't know. Then, that doesn't sound very real worldy. That was yeah. your real. That's a that's an awesome real world. Yeah, ski instructor, right? All yeah. two years or just for a year. Okay, what'd you do the other year? Uh, so for the other year, this was interesting because, so I came home. At this point, my family still lives in Los Angeles, California, and it got to the point where we were getting ready to move, and we this was my family home. We lived there for the better part of, I wanted, this was around 11 years at this point. We lived there. Okay. And we're we're going under, undergoing a renovation for the house. No one's running the renovation except for my mom. And she is essentially being a general contractor, running a group of, what are essentially, essentially a group of crazy, like, unlicensed workers to do all this work my dad drive by the gas station yeah i don't don't know how we got (laughs) you know that's that's not the point uh my dad is like he's working his ass off just grinding every day to pay for all of this because we're renovating a pretty large house and a lot of the responsibilities for running the household fell on me so whether it was, well, we're living in a construction zone, first of all. So just keeping it clean enough where people can stay sane. Yeah. And then preparing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my parents, for our two big 110-plus-pound dogs. What kind take, of dogs do you have? They're, they're half German Shepherd, half Husky. So Good Lord. They're, they're oh, that's absolutely hot there. cute. Uh, you know, California was nice. It, the yeah, weather was always be, between 60 and 80. That's a big and, coat. Yeah. Damn. No, it's it's funny because when whenever in the snow, I joke to them. I'm like, hey, you guys are dressed for the weather. Uh, <laughs> obviously, they don't speak back, but it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for, for clarifying that one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you an only child? Uh, I'm not. So my sister at that point was still in university. Oh, where'd she go? Uh, she went to SMU. Uh, wow. So that's kind of why I'm here. I applied because she came here. But, uh, yeah, so she's in school. I come home. It's her senior year, so she just kind of was like going to do it. She was going to graduate. Uh, I'm running the household kind of – what's the right word? I am absorbing the stress of my parents. You're and in dad mode. Essentially, yeah, just trying to support them as much as I can up until the point where, okay, we sell the house. I move to Mammoth, California to work as a ski instructor. And a week later, my parents moved to Reno, Nevada. So, yeah, I move out. I go to the mountains. And then the home that I left was never to be seen again. Interesting. Um, Which was, yeah, definitely weird, but... It was one year of helping the family and then one year of exploring myself and living first time, living on my own, paying all of my own bills, uh, you know, making my own food, living in my first apartment by myself with five other smelly dudes who are the same age, like being my roommates. They smelled bad? I mean, you know, we were... 
We were all uh, ski bombs. Hygiene, you got uh, that'd uh, bother me so much. I like things to be nice, neat, clean, and smell nice. Oh man, five. That's a lot of roommates. Yeah, it? there was six of us in one apartment, probably about the same size that we're in right now. No, uh, but you know what? Those five dudes were my best friends. Oh yeah, like it was. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so oh awesome. Gosh. And I'm not gonna lie, we were complete degenerates too. Like we <laughs> were drinking, we were smoking weed, not smoking cigarettes. Um, so, some of them were vaping, and that's something I can never get behind. Cigarettes um, are for the cool people, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of degenerate habits. I picked up on a lot of those. Still supporting myself, learning some good habits, but picking up a lot of bad ones. Um, did you notice that as you were doing it, or did it just kind of snowball until all of a sudden you realize, kind of like an awakening, like, man, I'm living pretty unhealthy now far far fetched from what oh, I used to be. I definitely had a fuck this moment. Okay. Where and that came way down the line. How not far? even close. Um or how long? We'll we'll, we'll get to that. I, okay. I I'd love to just like go through the story sure. and then uh, I'll get there. So, yeah, I moved there in November of 2021 and it's awesome. Five cool dudes we all love to smoke weed. Wow, this is so cool. It gets to the point where I have to get to work at 7.50 in the morning every day. Yeah. And I wake up with my one roommate who's a snowboard instructor, and we would smoke a bowl together. Okay. And then we'd go to work. Come, I'd come back around like 4, smoke a bowl, and then with each one of my roommates as they would come home, <laughs> I would smoke a bowl with all of them. So what? That ends up being like five to seven bowls a day, not to mention whatever we would do after that. And we were just playing video games or we would just go out to the local bar or whatever we were doing. Oh so, my gosh. You know, that sounds fun though. It was a lot of fun. Wait, was, what games did you play? Uh, we, we played a lot of Rocket League. Oh. Uh, we I played... Can, yeah, I couldn't get good at that one. We played Call of Duty. Okay. Uh, a lot of zombies. Um, we played Steep, which is like a snowboarding and skiing game. Really fun. You guys are stoners. You know what? Running, one, running we, up zombies. <laughs> one thing we did, we played so much chess. Really? Yeah. We got crazy deep into chess. Interesting. That I was like really chess. Fun. The only person I play against is my my grandpa every time I see him. Yeah. Which is pretty often, actually. But I don't know. Like, I, I'll play a game. It's fun. But I find it hard to stay interested past a game. Like once okay. we get, I, I like the game itself, but once I go to the second game, third game, fourth game, so on, I just I find it really hard to want to play, which decreases my ability to play yeah. because I, I start to care less. You know what it was? It was that competition. It, this was another way for us to exercise our competitive drive. No, yeah, I understand that. And that's a, a, an even more fun one because you guys are all doing physical activities. And then gaming, I, I wouldn't put it in the, the mental space. But chess, yeah, it's more of a, like an intellectual yeah. prowess yeah. showing that off. So yeah. how did you fare in that versus the oh, other five? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I was consistently the number one player okay you know not trying to toot my own horn i got beat a few times but that uh, happens to the best of us i was uh i was you know putting out a show out there um but okay let's say let's fast forward uh season's over a bunch of stuff happens uh i have the whole summer 
and then I come back to school and I don't really have my place. I don't have, I know I was here for freshman year. I know people, but I don't know anyone. I don't have friends. I'm suffering from like pretty bad anxiety. I was depressed, but I didn't know I was depressed. You know, How does that work? You don't know until you're out of it, at least for me. So what basically what my habits were is I would go to class, finish all my stuff, come home around two or three, immediately smoke weed, and then veg out for the rest of the day. Not do anything, not be productive, not I wasn't going to work out. If I was working out, like I would be high and it wouldn't be like a good workout. I was like I was just coasting along in my work and I did that a lot. It, part of the part of that was that I didn't realize what I was doing was was bad. It was just kind of what I knew. But then I got to a certain point where I wasn't happy with the way my life was going because I wasn't cultivating those deep friendships that I so desired. I wasn't making I wasn't expressing myself physically in the way that I know is so deeply ingrained in me, whether it's running or lifting heavy weights or climbing super hard or I wasn't doing any of it. I was not excelling in my classes. I was being a fucking dumbass for lack of a better word and I was smoking weed I was killing brain cells I was rewiring myself to think more slowly and that was like that was literally rock bottom for me I'm too 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 much fucking anxiety to even talk to people around me to hold a decent conversation I was depressed and I didn't even know it just because my mental state was I was operating what at at such a low level but to me that was normal so the first step was stop smoking weed stop smoking weed start talking to people how'd you get off the weed that's a long time to be smoking that was that was hard i'm I'm gonna be honest that was really really hard and i struggled with stopping for a while and it wasn't it wasn't like a one-time thing and the reason is is because i kept on saying okay now I quit. Yeah. Now I quit. Famous and line. I last like three days. Now I quit. I last like a week. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. It just progresses. You know what? And it kind of. But that doesn't work because the mindset of being a smoker who now I'm quitting, in your head, you're still a person who smokes weed. You're just the person who smokes weed who's trying to quit. Okay. And the only thing that actually got me to stop is me switching my mindset completely to I don't smoke weed. Do you see the difference? Whereas <laughs> yeah, I do see the difference. Yeah, versus Flaming I'm the person like who's I'm trying super healthy. To, yeah. I'm not I'm not the person who's trying to quit. I'm the person who doesn't smoke. Yeah. And then it became one of those things where I'm not giving any power to this thing that I do. I'm not giving it any meaning. It's meaningless because I don't do it. Why would I ever think about it? And now I don't think about it. And so when you had that mindset change, how long did it take you after that? To, to I, never, I never smoked again. Oh. It, wow. That, that yeah. mindset change, like truly 
truly happened in December. Uh, okay. This past December, yeah. and I haven't smoked since then. And okay. it's been almost four months now. Wow. Um, so it's like a flip of a switch. It's it's truly just framing the mindset. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's. I, I try the framing stuff with uh, many things, but I just can't convince myself. I, you know, I, I outsmart myself. I know it's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it may what be. What do you struggle with? Academically. I can say, you know, oh, this was just a one-time bad test. Um, I just wasn't feeling it on this day. I've worked hard, whatever it may be. But then, you know, it still creeps in or it, you know, kind of sneaks in from behind and then ends up taking over the mind of, well, you just weren't smart enough. You just, um, you just didn't get it. It's never that you didn't work hard enough. It's always you just weren't smart enough to begin with. So you're putting yourself down. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, most people are. Yeah. Uh, especially a lot of driven people, because you, you just hold yourself to the highest standards possible, really, uh-huh. or you know something close to it. Yeah. Do you think that is a a productive way of improving by knocking yourself down? Only as of recently, no. I mean, I never really thought of it, but yeah, just this semester, I I came to start thinking about it. It's like, okay, well, I can, you mean. Know, juxtapose this a little bit differently than um, than maybe I'm doing it right now um, so I, I try not to to place it you know push myself down but rather think about it as in like okay well I care a lot why do I care a lot because it's important to me to do well why is it important to me uh, why is it important for me to do well because I want to have you know a better future I'm putting off you know the short-term happiness or whatever for these long-term goals well how can I better reach those goals well even if you don't like it probably just spend time on it um, get to know it because that's what the top students are doing they may be smart but they're not just you know studying an hour and hopping in they're putting in you know in reality more time than me as yeah. well as you know being smarter so yeah. so framing it in a more more attainable way of accomplishing your stuff right versus just saying i'm not good enough and i suck because of that yeah it's just yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) i can't even can't even rephrase that that was accurate yeah and i mean think about it like this so i mean growing up no one taught you how to study super no one taught you how to be a, a top student right no i never studied um even into you know senior year, whether it was AP or not, I, I never studied. Right. So then, look how just look at yourself and how far you've come to this point where, as a senior in high school, you're taking AP classes, you never studied before, and now you're at this point where you're you're actually teaching yourself a new skill. You know, you're teaching yourself how to study. Yeah, I studied actually, I studied a lot more freshman, sophomore year than I do now. Okay. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, freshman, sophomore year of college. Uh, the first class I ever had to like really put in effort was financial like uh, financial accounting. Okay. And that was just like a rude awakening. I got four weeks, five weeks into the class. I was just like, whoa, this is not going well yeah. at all. Yeah. And so I just basically cranked it up to like a thousand percent and I would like no exaggeration this is the only class I ever did this with did three hours of practice a day every day and just ran it down constantly because it was also like my back was against the wall right. I had to do well 
on every single test. It was also a, a class that was 100% exam-based, and it was raw score. Okay. And so back against the wall, you just have to get it done, especially then when I knew I have to maximize my grades to get into a good school yeah. because I'm just here to transfer, really. Yeah. Um, so back against the wall, then I, I ended up getting it done. Thankfully, but that was the first class I really, really experienced that in. Yeah. Um, nowadays, I don't know. I, I've developed different methods. Um, I'm I'm a lot less motivated, and I have like less fire in me than I did before, and so I find that I take the more typical college student approach now, and that I start cramming four days before. I've only as of recently started being able to like stay up late and actually focus. Yeah. Um. And so these are all new to me. Yeah. They work semi-well. Why do you think you're less motivated? I don't know. Um, probably I've had less success, and I don't find it necessarily because any coursework is more difficult. Uh, maybe the material is, but in terms of, like, class structure or, or the lectures itself, they're not any more difficult. I just, um, I don't know. Without that doing extremely great, without trying... I, I find it a little bit harder to even try in the first place. And I, I'm not in danger of, of getting a too bad of a grade. It's always like, okay, well, you know, I'm taking a hit, got a B plus, yeah. that kind of thing. But it's not an A. Yeah. So do you think that there's anything that you can do? Yeah, I could have spent this entire afternoon just studying. Right. And I, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I was just dead. Well... <laughs> Not even just like, you know, obviously you know what you know what you have to do to do right, better. Right. Do you know? Do you think you know what you have to do to become more driven to do better? I don't. Otherwise, I would be enacting that plan. Um, I, I find that I tend to study better with people. I like interacting. Um, so when you, uh, me, and Johnny studied for finance a couple of weeks ago. That was really helpful to me just because I enjoyed it. Okay. Whereas studying it on my own, I just don't don't enjoy it at all. It's just such a hustle and bustle, especially when I'm not doing great at it. Then it's, okay, well, I'm not enjoying it because I'm not doing well. And I don't have anyone to like bounce off of, whether it's energy or asking questions or whatever it is. So the motivation kind of kills out there. So I've been trying to talk to a lot more people and I've got some study groups now yeah so that's good but did that's you, just for study did you have more of that camaraderie more of a, a friend group to study with at your previous school no in the two years there I didn't make a friend but it was also like a commuter small school and no one was really there to make friends um and I didn't even, like, started an organization there. I'd say the only friends I made were the professors. <laughs> okay. I got along pretty well with them, so. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's – honestly, I, I wish you the best of luck in trying to figure out, okay, what is going to drive you to becoming success because I see it in you. You know, you People you always say that, that, but potential. what is, what even is that? I don't know. I've I've been told that multiple times, and I know what you're talking about, but I know how it applies to other people, but I don't necessarily see it in myself. Well, what I've seen is that just in our conversation about, hey, you know, like I, I'm trying to pursue this career in finance, 
and I really want to get this job and it's very important to me and I want to do well in this interview and I'm following up with these people and you know what you securing your internship or whatever that was drive right there you were motivated to get it because I had to I had no other option exactly and so you have the ability to grind you know it's that is part of you um, yeah, uh, you know the the grind is good, for, especially for our industry. But yeah, maybe I, I lack the creativity to go that extra mile. Otherwise, you know, maybe I'd have a fund right now or a company or whatever it is. Um, I I just think I I lack that creative edge to do something that completely differentiates me. I think you hold self limiting beliefs, which are therefore limiting yourself I don't want to limit myself um, based I, off I of just, what you just said though I you think said I think I lack the creativity no you don't lack the creativity that is a belief that you hold you assume you lack creativity well as However, a child you're not like brought everything. up like that you're, you're brought up believing you're creative and I've lived you know, my entire childhood thinking like a normal kid very creative you can do anything um, this is just being frank with myself it's like saying I know I'm not good at art, or I don't have a good handwriting. Like that's that's the truth, and that's okay. I can just find other ways to accommodate for it. I completely disagree with you. Okay. I don't think you're not good at art, or you don't have good handwriting. <laughs> Those are skills that you haven't simply cultivated. Everything is a skill that you cultivate. Creativity is a skill. Art is a skill. Handwriting is a skill. And having the beliefs that I'm simply not good at this is a those beliefs don't serve you so why would you hold them i don't serve it i don't think of it as a belief it is a belief. i look at it as a truth a true what is what's the difference between what's true and what you believe yeah what what is the difference there's a big difference one can Explain. be real one cannot be real i right. believe you're naked in front of me tell, talking to me this in this podcast i, I i'm it's right there, and it's not. It's not happening. Right. Sorry, you, guys. <laughs> you can you can believe something to be true, but it may not be true. In your perspective, it is the truth. In my perspective, it is something that you believe to be true. Do you I see, like, do and, you see and what I'm saying? Convincing yourself. You're yeah. You're conv- You've you've set it in stone that this is the truth. From an outside perspective, it's so easy for me to see that. That is simply a self-limiting belief, That's which is holding thought. yourself back. Interesting. Because yeah, I've never gotten that one. All of these, everything is a skill. Whether it's making new friends in a really shitty environment to make friends, or it's doing the stuff that you're really terrible at. You know, like, dude, I. This is I'm a prime example of this coming just from last semester where I had no friends. I didn't know how to talk to people. I had anxiety, depression, and I simply made a choice not to have those things. And I worked, I worked to get out of it. You know what I mean? I, I put in the work, dude. And I changed the beliefs that I had, which were limiting myself. And so I, I changed that belief that from, hey, I can't make friends to, hey, let me start trying. Let me start building my social skills. Let me try to engage in more conversations and learn how to talk to people and over time and over hundreds and hundreds of conversations I've 
been able to hold longer conversations now and get to deeper levels where I can start to connect with people. I'd like to touch on a recurring theme. I would like to say I have made a lot of friends this semester. I yeah. just have pointed out it's been difficult and a little slow. It's taken you know, probably to the first exam to start actually connecting with people, and that's sure. about a month in. For sure. Um, but, you know, we, we talked about you flipping the switch when it came to smoking. Is that the same case when it comes to the mindset and how you're framing things? Or It is, yeah. It will, okay. Having the mindset, I am a smoker is a belief that was limiting me. It was limiting me to be in that category of I am a smoker. Yeah. And I switched my mind because that belief wasn't serving me for my goals. Right, because in that frame, you're, you're enabling yourself to keep smoking, and if you're trying to quit, well, that's just part of being a smoker. It, it, it's, it's, I, I see what you're saying. Maybe I didn't word that right, but I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, so the main takeaway here is everyone has beliefs, and beliefs are assumptions that you hold to be true like you said that was a truth so a belief is an, an assumption a that self truth yes exactly a belief is a self truth and in order to grow as a person and to become better you should drop the beliefs that don't serve you and adopt belief adopt beliefs that do serve you because that is going to make you better as a person and that's something I'm not perfect at this, but I I am I'm working at it every day, and I'm I'm trying to share this with you because I see your potential, and I think you're limiting your own potential through your beliefs. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's all new to me. It's definitely something to think of. It sounds so basic, but it's just you know whenever these thoughts happen to anyone. It's not always the first thought of, well, how am I framing this? It just, the right. thought happens and that's, you just take it for granted. Yeah. Um, I'll have to think on that one though. Yeah. Mental framework's so huge, right? man. I, I never knew that until this semester, actually. Mental framework was just like, to, to motivate yourself to, you know, get into the gym today or something like that. Yeah. Rather, not, not life, life-wise. Yeah. Or, or literally every little thought you have is some it's framed in, in some way yeah and so that has a bigger effect than i would probably think yeah but there's a lot to think about huh there's an infinite amount to think about so it's always thinking yeah honestly. just think 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 for sure man think tanks i feel like you think a lot you're really well spoken and you seem to be interested in a lot of things which lends itself to thinking about a lot of, a lot of things so well, what have you been thinking about recently dude i'm thinking about to be honest my life is all about getting better and learning yeah, i can tell by the and, book selection <laughs> yeah and improvement you know like if i'm if i'm not getting better what the fuck am i doing you know like and then i'm just vegetating my existence and for me, part of what's so stimulating about life is improvement, and, and like like our good friend says, you know, like letting that dog out, you know, <laughs> like be just, a, just don't be complacent. Exactly, I feel like that's exactly the worst. I, I that's also something you know I you look for when in a companion is just like there can't be complacency. Yeah, it's the bane of all evil. It's that's what's going to lead you to. Do exa- or at least for me, I just lead to what I don't want to live, a life I don't want to live or lead. Right. 
So right, and you know it's everyone's on their own individual journey. Yeah, certainly. And we're all coming across things at a different pace and encountering ideas at different times. And I know we've we've both shared some things that are new to each other in this conversation. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for you coming on the podcast today. Hopefully I was able to deliver some value to you. Yeah, definitely. I, you gave me things to think about and I, I do think about, I will think about it. That's, that's the thing. That's good. You got to take time to reflect. That's also been another thing. I, I don't want to like get on too long of a tangent, but yeah. uh, this, the last year has been a lot of like self-reflection, just uh, learning about what it is to, to be me. Yeah. So we'll see. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you, Corgan. Of course. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For those of you who have listened to the podcast the entire 50 minutes so far, I appreciate you as well. I'm very grateful for anyone who has listened to this podcast. This was the Modern Man Pod. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave your feedback in the Q&A section below and drop us a follow and a like. Everything is appreciated. I am your host, Nick Hill-Kathuria. Have a good one.